Welcome to Episode 5 of The Thing You Do, a podcast about interesting jobs and the people who do them. My name's Tammy, and I'm your host. My guest this week is Richard Bergen. Richard has written, directed, and is now in post-production on a horror movie. Richard also has Asperger's syndrome, a form of autism. And his experience with this disorder plays a major role in his film, which he describes as a metaphor for life with a disability. Now, I never would have expected an interview with a horror movie maker to be so tender and sweet and touching. But there were definitely moments where I must admit Richard had me tearing up. But enough of the mushy stuff. We're talking horror here. So, Richard... I want you to imagine that we are actually in a horror movie. A terrifying, chainsaw-wielding wolfman has chased us into the woods. Now, I've tripped and fallen at least a dozen times. We've taken shelter in a decaying old shed, but our enemy is part wolf, and he can smell that we're nearby. Why didn't I take a shower today? Our gruesome death is imminent. But Richard, before we're hacked to pieces by this hairy harbinger of homicide, Tell me about the thing you do. I am a filmmaker. I'm a writer, director, and I recently made the movie Fang, which is in post-production now and will be finished in about a month. So lots of people dream of making a movie, but very few people get past the stage of dreaming about it. So how did you move from thinking and dreaming of making a movie to actually making a movie? Well, I started writing the script for Fang in March of 2019, and then it took me about five months to finish writing the script, which is very fast by my standards. (laughs) And then after that, we moved into production pretty quickly because I, I I wrote Fang so it could be filmed on as low a budget as possible. And I think that is really that is really the only way you can break in you know, to filmmaking easily unless, you know, like there are some actors who become directors after they already get famous. But for, for most people, you know, it's like the, the low, the less money it costs to make a movie, the more likely it is to get made. So I would say my advice to anybody who wants to make a movie is just do it on the cheap, write it. So it's, you know, a minimalist script and that's, that's how you do it. So has making movies always been a dream of yours? Has that something you've wanted to do since you were a little kid? Or how did that come about? Well, I decided uh, definitively that I wanted to do it in uh, 2015. I think I I had kind of been leaning in that direction for a couple of years before that. But around 2015 was when I made the definitive decision, you know, I'm going to make movies. This is what I want to do. So help me God. An interesting part of your story is that you have Asperger's and that's something you are very open about. How does your being on the spectrum and your life being on the spectrum tie into your movie? Well, that was uh, definitely an influence on Fang. The story of Fang is that it is about, the movie is about a young uh, janitor named Billy Cochran who has undiagnosed autism. He's the main character. He lives with his mother, Gina, in kind of this gritty neighborhood in Chicago. And then, what's, so one night, Billy wakes up, he has to go to the bathroom, and then there's this rat in the bathroom, and then the rat jumps out and bites him. So from there on out, Billy thinks he's turning into a rat. 
and that is the premise of the movie, but and how having Asperger's influence that I, I think, you know, the transforming into a rat is kind of a metaphor for how it feels to be autistic or how it feels to have any other disability, you know, because when you're disabled, you're kind of shut out of certain normal human experiences. And, you know, people can, can look at you like you're kind of like a pest. You're, you know, you're this rat-like, you have this rat-like status amongst humanity. But even though rats are regarded as pests, you know, rats are also misunderstood. You know, rats don't set out to hurt anyone. They just react like if the rat bites you, it's probably because you were chasing it or trying to trap it. You know, rats are not like they're not like serial killers. They don't try to hurt people on purpose. So I think that's kind of what influenced the movie was that sort of, you know, seeing it like as being connected, transforming into a rat with as a way to describe the feeling of being disabled. It makes me sad that you've felt that way before. Well, I'm just trying to be honest. I mean, I, I have high-functioning Asperger's. I'm on the very high end of the spectrum, so I'm a lot luckier than most people who have it. But, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, at a certain point you realize that you're kind of you're kind of an outcast and that's the way it is. But at least as a filmmaker, I can, you know, be rewarded for doing weird stuff <laughs> instead, of, <laughs> instead, of, <laughs> instead of being excluded for it. So that's a good thing. Right. I mean, if you look at kind of Hollywood in general, it is a, a world where people are celebrated for being different and unique. And so it doesn't surprise me that you would have an attraction to that. No, yeah, for sure. That's kind of what I figured out. And I would actually say I'm fairly normal by film industry standards. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, I do have my uh, mental health problems, but I'm, I would not say that I'm wildly, uh, you know, unhinged. I, I've never thought I was turning into a rat. I'm not yet anyway. <laughs> so now that you're in the post-production process and you're kind of seeing how this is coming together, do you still feel like you were able to convey what you were trying to convey with this film? Yeah, I think I think I definitely uh, succeeded on that front. You know, I, I part a lot of what I wanted to do with Fang is, uh, you know, have the movie feel autistic. So a lot of that comes through in the soundtrack. I want these very kind of repetitive, unnatural sounds to kind of complement what we're seeing on screen. So everything feels very jarring and disconnected and it kind of puts people on edge because they never know what they're going to see or hear next. I think we did. I think we all did a good job of uh, conveying that with Thing. What has surprised you about being a filmmaker? What did you just not expect until you got into this process? Well, I think the most uh, surprising thing about making Fang was just the sheer magnitude of the project. You know, when you're making a feature film, you don't realize just quite how much work it is until you're actually there doing it. Because it's like we were filming, you know, for 23 days. And so you go, oh, okay, 23 days of filming, you know, that's not so long, but then what is like 23 12-hour days in a row with very little break in between, you feel it and it feels, it can feel overwhelming sometimes, but at the same time, it's just, 
it's this wonderful ecstasy. You get this great high from from doing it where, you know, it's when you when you see the actors nail the scene right in front of you, it's just an incredible feeling. You know, it's like you're watching movie history get made with your own eyes. What's been the hardest part of the process so far? I think the hardest part was having to make certain adjustments because I didn't, you know, I, I signed up to do more different jobs than I could actually do because, again, I didn't expect the, you know, to be quite such a massive scale of making a feature film. So I, I kind of had to scale back what I was doing and say, all right, I'm just going to stick with being the writer and director and not try to, you know, edit the movie too or star in it. You know, I can't do all that stuff at once. And the other hard part was there was one day on set where everything just kind of went to hell. Like we were filming indoors at this house and then the heat went out in the building. This was in January in Chicago so it was it was cold. Yeesh. Yeah. The goosebumps were real. Oh yeah, no, definitely. And uh yeah, so then the heat went out in the house and then that we realized there was just kind of a general electrical failure in the building. It was very, you know, it was kind of dilapidated and then there was a TV in the living room and the TV caught on fire. Like the just smoke just started coming out of it. So then we realized, you know, we have to switch to a different filming location for these scenes because this house is not going to work. And so I was very stressed out that day. I felt like the whole movie was going off the rails and I didn't know what we were going to do because a lot of our scenes, you know, were in that house. But thankfully, we found another house very quickly and everything was okay from that point on. Now, did you go to school for filmmaking, for any of this? How did you learn how to do this? I did not go to film school. I am a self-taught filmmaker. I did take a film appreciation class in high school, but that doesn't quite count as yeah. <laughs> a professional education. But I think really the best way to learn is by doing it. I've never been the kind of guy who learns well by sitting in a classroom. I have to, I have to be there in the trenches, getting my hands dirty, kind of figuring it out as I go, because experience is really the best teacher, you know, for anything. You're in post-production. When are you expecting the movie to be ready to put out there? Well, we're going to have the movie done in about a month. My current plan is to have the online premiere for Fang in November, and then we're going to get a distribution deal for the movie. So in 2021, it'll get a much wider release, you know, to everybody who wasn't able to make it to the online premiere. And my goal is to get it on Netflix or Amazon Prime because that has a really wide reach to many millions of people. But if Netflix and Amazon Prime are interested, we'll easily be able to find a home for Fang with somebody else. You said you tried very hard to keep it as low budget as possible, but even on a very low budget scale, movies are not cheap to make. How no, did you get not. funding? How did you get funding for this? Well, I was able to keep the budget low enough that it was self-financed with uh, my family's money, you know, from from my dad basically. And that was, you know, and and we were we were close to kind of breaking the limit of what I could afford, but we we just kind of snuck in within the kind of the highest 
possible budget that I could spend without, you know, getting into serious trouble. Right. Well, that's going to make you feel good that your parents, um, that your dad invested in you. It's got to make you feel uh, oh, yeah. important. No, and it, it does. Yeah, well, it was kind of like an early inheritance thing. So it wasn't like he invested in the movie directly. It was more like he gave me the money and said that, you know, this is your early inheritance. I'm not going to be around for too much longer. You can spend it the way you want. And this is what I chose to spend it on. Your dad, your dad has a disability as well, from what I understand. And he was also part of the reason you wanted to create this movie. Is that right? Yeah, he has uh, Parkinson's. So he is he's much more disabled than me, actually. He's, he's kind of like stuck in his room pretty much all the time because he can't really walk. And he has like all these hallucinations and mm. pain and everything. It's pretty rough. What does he think about the movie? Oh, he hasn't seen it yet because it's not uh, done yet. I was I didn't want to show him the script in advance because I didn't want him to think that it was like too negative because he could because he would be able to tell that part of this was based on him, you know. And he he's pretty out of it at this point. Mm. So I just I, I I just want you know him to be lucid enough to be able to appreciate the movie when it's finished. Yes, I definitely hope and pray that that's the the scenario, that that's how this works out, that he gets a chance to really see it and enjoy it. And um, I think that will be a beautiful moment for both of you. I think so, too. Well, um, what's the what are the next steps for you? So obviously, we're going to get this film done. We're going to get it out there. And then once that happens, are you wanting to make more movies? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I have a million different ideas for movies. I definitely, my goal is to be able to sustain myself by doing this because I kind of, you know, with filmmaking, I kind of put all my eggs in one basket here. So even though it's, (laughs) so even though it's working out very well for me so far, I've been incredibly lucky, but it's also now I'm at the point where, you know, I have to support myself and there's kind of the stress of, of that, you know, actually being able to make it as a filmmaker, making enough money to, you know, live on my own, continue to live on my own, be independent, you know, all that fun stuff. But yeah, and I can tell you a little bit about my next movie, too, if you want. Oh, yeah, please. Yeah, so my uh, my next movie is a thriller. It is called Broken Angels. It's about this guy who is he's a politician who's campaigning to be elected senator of Florida. You know, he's very, you know, he's very charismatic, very suave, handsome guy. He's kind of like the extreme opposite of being autistic. You know, he's he's popular. People like him. He's good at manipulating people. But then he has a very dark secret, which is that he is kind of this violent, sociopathic predator. And so it's all about kind of his double life and the protagonists are trying to take him down. So it's a very kind of intense and dark crime story. Very intriguing. I can't wait for that one, too. No, thank you. All right. So we're going to be looking for Fang to be done in about a month. And you're going to keep me posted on when your premiere is, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I want want as many people as possible to see it. I'm an introvert, but now is the time when I put on my extrovert hat and and promote the hell out of Fang to everyone because I, I want this movie to reach people. I want it to connect with people. 
And, you know, I, I want I want people to really kind of, you know, even if they can't relate to the main characters on an intimate, personal level, I want people to feel like they can relate to something about this movie, you know, and see kind of the humanity of people who are kind of at the edge of humanity. Yeah, hopefully not only will people find it entertaining and thrilling, but they'll change maybe some perspectives and maybe treat people differently in a good way. So that's the best thing you could do with this movie or any movie, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, fi- I figure you can't really set out to change anybody's perspective on things, you know, intentionally, but maybe somebody will watch it, you know, and it'll have a really big impact on them in a way that I can't predict. So you never know. I hope so. Well, Richard, it's been a great conversation. Thank you for giving us a peek inside the life of a, uh, a filmmaker. And I just wish you the very best. Well, thank you, Tammy. It's been great talking with you. And thank you for having me on your show. And thank you for being here. If you enjoyed this episode, check out episodes one through four as well. And please subscribe to The Thing You Do on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss a new episode. Also, I would be eternally grateful if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts, which will help other people discover the podcast. It's really, really hard to break through the noise with a podcast, but getting reviews from listeners is one of the ways to do so. Also, don't forget to like the Facebook page for The Thing You Do, where you can join other listeners in conversations about each episode, learn about upcoming guests, suggest interview questions, and avoid any conversations about politics. See? That alone makes it worth it. Finally, if you have any suggestions for future guests or general comments about the podcast, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at Tammy at thingyoudo.net or leave me a message at 405-355-8264, which happens to spell Tammy, 405-355-TAMMY. Again, thanks for being here. Let's do it again soon.